I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. No, absolutely fine. Um, to this, it is the Rugby Dungeon. Thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. Been away for a while, but I intend to do a lot more of these over the coming weeks. Today is going to be a pretty cool episode because I am going to interview the captain of Benetton Treviso, Mr. Dean Budd, who is also now an Italy international. Any of you who've been listening to the Egg Chasers podcast will know I've taken a little bit of a shine to Treviso, uh, just in time for them to uh, be, well, equal on wins and losses for the first time in, in God knows how long. So it should be a good interview. Remember, you can find us on Twitter, at The Rugby Dungeon, me, at Jay Beardmore, or if you want to follow the Egg Chasers, please do, at Rugby Podcast. Whilst we're on the subject of Egg Chasers, just just remember, we are out every Monday without fail. So uh, give, us a, give us a listen, subscribe, do all, do all those good things. Anyway, this is Mr. Dean Budd. How are you, mate? Yeah, very well. I uh, just had a nice chill day here in Italy and uh, relaxing at home for the night. Nice. So, uh, what? So, what has your day consisted of today? Uh, well, it's been a bit strange, really. Oh, it's been a day off for us all here, but the team's just come back from South Africa um, with of the game course, this weekend. Yeah. So, uh, every, this week's we kind of start together as a team tomorrow. Now, um, so, so yeah. I assume you missed the tour to South Africa, did you? Yeah, there was a load of us that were involved in the Six Nations. They uh, were fortunate. We're in the fortunate situation. They have a a pretty good base of uh, high-quality players. So, um, yeah, we've put out a really class team um, against South Africa, and a few of us got to have a rest. Mm. Uh, just out of interest, what was your reaction when uh, you found out you're going to be playing South African teams this year? I was pretty excited, really. Um, yeah, it's, uh, I was always wondered the ever, uh, wondered if Super Rugby had grown that far ahead of uh, European rugby. Just when you watch Super Rugby on Sally, you uh, I mean, I played. I played ten years ago Super Rugby, and it, I mean, I think it's just an it's an incredible level now. And it is, isn't couple, it? To have a couple of Super Rugby teams involved um, was a cool kind of challenge to put ourselves against them. Yeah, I, I think that the the cheaters in particular have turned some heads. Yeah, no, the cheaters are class. Um, uh, they I mean, we were pretty lucky to beat them here. I think we got them on a bad day. Um, but uh, yeah, they're really, really good. Play some incredible rugby. But yeah, I feel a bit for the Kings. They were, they were in a situation where I think they were scratching to put put uh, fifteen players on the field at the start of the season. So uh, they're probably not the not a good comparison to what the 
the, the same team they headed for Super Rugby. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they go because they've got a lot of political support, if nothing else. And, you know, give them a year, uh, get some recruitment plans done. You know, I, I expect that they'll improve drastically next year. Yeah, I have no doubts on that. Um, the passion for rugby in South Africa and, um, yeah, just, I mean, watching the game, the, the facilities they've got there, I mean, they've got everything ready to, to, to turn themselves into a class team. Now, we'll get into it shortly. Uh, Treviso, as it happens, have been the team which I've decided to uh, support in the Pro 12 this year. So we'll get get all into that. But uh, I'm, I'm more interested in kind of your journey and how did you actually end up in Italy? Um, when I was, what was I, 23, I decided to, well... <laughs> Long story short, I wasn't, I didn't get picked to play Super Rugby, and I was pretty disappointed with that. And I was young and dumb, and kind of said, um, "F you to New Zealand Rugby," and I didn't think that I had a future there, and thought I was too old um, to hang around and 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 really establish myself, which in hindsight was pretty dumb. But anyway, got on a plane to Japan and uh, played a season in Japan, and the guy I played with there was a guy Hotty Low, who oh, yeah. played a bit for. Yeah, played for South Africa and really a really amazing guy. And he had played in Treviso. Um, and I, and he kept on talking about how it was a, such an amazing place. And I said, well, I don't really enjoy I'm not really enjoying Japan. Can you, can you help me out? And within a month, I probably signed a contract to come to Treviso. So I can, uh, yeah, I owe it all to him, really. Wow. So, yeah. I, mean, I mean, what was the disconnect then with you in New, Ze- New Zealand rugby? Why did you feel it wasn't working for you? Um, I guess I'd played Super Rugby and, and then played what after that I thought was probably one of the one of the best seasons I've ever played and, and then didn't get selected to play Super Rugby. Yeah. Um, and it was just, yeah, I think a real knee-jerk reaction from a, a young, stupid kid to say, and uh, I'll never make it. If they're not going to pick me now, then I'll never make it. And I wasn't really prepared to put my head down and, and work on the things because when I look back... <laughs> I was getting a lot of advice and a lot of feedback <laughs> on things and where I needed to improve as a player on field and off field and I wasn't really prepared to listen and as we as we do as humans we tend to escape from uh try and yeah run away from our problems and that's what I that's probably how I ended up here. Well, I mean, you don't need to tell me I am the king of not taking advice. <laughs> yeah. If there, if there's a life lesson that that I should have learned, it's take more advice. Yeah. No, can't do you any wrong. That's for sure. <laughs> uh, and and as for and as for Japan, I mean, I, I guess if you're not into the culture and you're not into how they do things there, it is a big leap. Yeah, I mean, I love the culture. I love the new experience at all. But it was just the the solidarity. Like, oh, we were there and five foreigners and um, and the Japan. Maybe there was two or three Japanese boys that spoke English and. I mean, you just, uh, it was a life uh, just living alone, basically. It just felt like I was on another planet, mm. um, just so isolated. So it was it was more for that. I think if I was there with uh, a family and um, the right support networks, I mean, it would be a, a really cool place to live. Like, yeah. the, the people are amazing, the food, the culture. It's, I, I, w- I couldn't speak badly about it. I think it was more just my... It's my personal experience of just being feeling alone the whole time I was there. Yeah, because it is completely different. I mean, even the words look different. It it, it couldn't be more isolated. No, it's not like you can 
kind of guess what something is on the menu and have a crack <laughs> at it, even though I cried and God knows what I ate sometimes. But <laughs> yeah, it, um, yeah, certainly, certainly not one for fussy eaters. So uh, you found your way to to, to Italy. Uh, just tell me a little bit then about this Treviso team because it does seem like. This year compared, particularly the last year and, well, the last five years, it's really going places. Well, I mean, this, you know, when I first arrived, we were a, we were a team on the up and um, it was pretty exciting. And we, I think we finished seventh my first year and, and we had, I think, a lot of respect from the league. And then the next year, it, the, team, the team just seemed to fall to pieces. Uh, all the, I think, and that was... A detriment of our success, players started to be seen a lot more and were getting signed to go offshore. And, and mm. I think a lot of players kind of lost their uh, motivation to be in Italy. And we, we started losing more and more games by one or two points always. We're always competitive. And then, I mean, the, when the wheels started buckling, they decided to kick the coach. And then that really helped the wheels fall completely off. Mm. Um and then yeah, you know, we had a couple of years trying to rebuild, which we we, we, we were building nothing really. There was no real foundation, um, and that's something that Kieran and his coaching staff have really bought in. And Parva, the new director of sport, they've decided that, that you can't resolve a problem with uh, in a rugby team in a year, and it's a, it's a it's a five year pro- process of trying to um, build players and, and invest in things. Um, to create and and that's what we did last year and we kind of yeah we're seeing the fruits of our labor this year a little bit so uh, tell me about treviso itself um tell me about be- um uh, about be- benetton the area i mean is it a bit of a rugby is it a bit of a rugby hotbed have you got many amateur players there how is it um about as broad a question as i could possibly ask there yeah yeah <laughs> i mean as a as a place and as a city it's it's wonderful like it's really beautiful we're we're a stone's throw from Venice. Um, the cost of living's cheap. Every food's delicious. There's there's very little to complain about um, the rugby field. I mean, as a rugby culture, as a city, yeah, we're known as a rugby city because um, yeah, there's no soccer teams. That, I think maybe they do have one actually, but it's Serie D or something. Yeah. Um, but yeah, soccer doesn't exist here, and and so there is that. The, yeah, the, everyone loves rugby, but. It's more of the, the older generation because I mean Benetton back in the day in Italy were they were they had tens of thousands of people packing out stadiums. Did like they really? Just, uh, yeah, it was unreal. I've seen well, tens of thousands. Uh, I, I've seen our stadium only holds like seven thousand, but I've seen seen videos of them playing back in the day, and there's it's like a soccer game. There's Flares in the flares in the in the in the crowd and big flags and people kind of basically packing onto the field. Mm. Um, so they yeah they used to go mad for rugby and 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 as I was saying like the last few years we've struggled to to keep that fan base and that's something we're trying to win, win back by winning basically it seems to bring people back. Um, but yeah, the, with Benetton we've got rugby from under six all the way through to under eighteen. Um, I think there's plans to try and bring an academy, which uh, there's always that plan, but it's, it's whether uh, they can get it past the federation. Mm. Um, so they they are really trying to grow rugby from the from the ground up here. In, and, in and how about local clubs? I mean, do you have much engagement with uh, with them? I mean, are there even many local clubs around where you are? Yeah, there. I mean, Benetton's the biggest, but there's uh, 
there's loads of local clubs. We, but our, in terms of um, our connection to them, it's pretty limited. Like if yeah. we if we're doing something, we do it with Benetton because um, <laughs> yeah, they're our they're us. So <laughs> we we look we have to look after ourselves before we can go off anywhere else. But yeah, the the guys uh they got some of our the video analysis plays for a club nearby. So. Um, we go down and cheer him on every now and again, and yeah, there's there's a lot of rugby around. Nice. So it isn't like say in New Zealand where you know your you know you got your provincial teams and they go into <laughs> no. the regions. There's no sort of pathway, if you like, from club rugby up to Benetton. No, basically your your club is you got a handful of clubs in the region and then Benetton, and it's the same in Moliano, which is but Moliano is like 30 minutes away, so that and part of us the same, and they have Excellenza teams. Um, so there, there is this there, Excellenza. Sorry, there's like an um, a competition, like a top ten basically, yeah, um, which sits under Benetton, but it doesn't feed into Benetton or or Zebra. It's, um, I mean, it's Italy, and everything's political and <laughs> driven by money. So yeah, um, there's there's no general pathway. If I'm starting rugby at ten years old and want to play right through to Benetton. The, uh, I couldn't recommend someone a pathway to take because it all depends um, on what team's not bankrupt this year. And, <laughs> so, and uh, yeah, it's, it's an interesting one over here sometimes with the rugby. So, I mean, coming from your background in New Zealand then, I mean, is that is that the thing which, which strikes you uh, strikes you quite heavily, that there, that there isn't a pathway and there isn't a sort of one cohesive plan to get Italy winning or Benetton winning? utilizing all of the country's assets yeah it's it's a massive issue here and if you talk you could pass by any rugby fan on the street and ask them and there there's just not the i know and i i mean if new zealand's whole system is made on trying to make the all blacks better um and and that means from yeah club to provincial provincial to super and super to all blacks and there's just absolutely no no plan here like that at all um it's all it's all each each for your own and and good luck um, and and whoever arrives to the top and is ready to play for Italy um, then they'll deal with it from there and and it's a massive problem it's a real it's what's holding Italy back if you ask me really yeah uh, so here's a question for you then when you came over and first laced up your boots for Benetton did you expect that you'd be playing for, for Italy one day no. <laughs> I mean, as a as a player, you always have those things in the back of your mind. But I think my contract was for two years. Like I've never contract a lot. A lot of guys that leave New Zealand are contracted for three years to to play for that country. I, so I think it's happened in Ireland. Yeah, Jared Payne did it. Um, when Bandiaki, blah. And there's loads of them that don't actually make it either, even though they're contracted for three years. But um, no, it was never a never a thought process and. When it started to get nearer and nearer, then I thought it was an inevitability, and it, and it didn't come. <laughs> um, so yeah, when it finally came about last year, I was I was over the moon. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I mean, yeah. playing playing in, playing international rugby for anyone is is hell of an honour. Yeah, no, it's. I mean, I I, I go out every week and I play for Italy 
like it's my country, I, I, w- I don't think it's fair to say I play for Italy like I would for the All Blacks because uh, it's not a fair comparison. I play for Italy because I live here and this is my country and I don't want to let anyone down that lives in Italy. Um, they're, they're, yeah, I'm playing for their country and, and I have to say I'm playing for my country because otherwise I'm, I'm not going to give it my all. Absolutely. Well, um, do you ever get frustrated with all the talk about project players and you know how they want to increase the residency rules and this that and the other um I, yeah i guess because i i am one um well I, to, I to be no, fair it doesn't frustrate me at all really i mean if someone's willing to invest three years of time into a foreign player who could break his leg and, and not be ready in that three years and um good on them like for me it's a waste of money um Mm. It's. Uh, I think if you invest all that money into five young talents um, at 18 years old, I'm sure one of them's going to um, provide the goods by the time they're 21 and then have a 10-year career as a homegrown player. Um, I think that's a much better strategy than investing in foreign players. I tend to agree with you, actually. I mean, you just have to look at, say, I mean, I always look at the English clubs. And the marvellous thing about the English clubs is if you track all the players back to where they came from originally, if all the clubs just gave their youth teamers a chance, most most of the clubs would have bloody good teams. And there seems yeah. to be this infatuation with getting someone to win right now. Yeah, no, I mean, for, for a player like, I guess, Brad Shields is going over and um, from New Zealand and he's probably going as an England player, by the all sounds of it. Yeah, definitely. Some, so. But but for me that's fine because if he's got English blood then he's English like mm. um, yeah for me that's if someone's got if someone's got the blood in them then I've got no issues with them playing for the, another country doesn't matter where they were born for me yeah I guess what frustrates me really is you can you can't have it both ways which is like it can't be a professional sport on the one hand and then on the other hand you you can't deny professional players for playing for a certain team. So I, I just don't, I don't, I'm not really in favour of the five-year residency stuff because quite frankly, um, if you're a professional, you know, as you've found yourself in this situation, if you've got that opportunity to, to play international rugby, why shouldn't you take it? Yeah. No, I'm, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, we're, it, it's our job. And if I decided to go work in America and for a corporate bank and rose to the top of that corporate bank and played on a traded on an international level, it's the same thing. Like, mm. Um, it's a, not a great example, but it's just like <laughs> no. I actually think uh, it... the, the whole the, the whole world's professional, and I think if you if you're the best, then you're the best. You deserve to be on on that plat- on that scene. No, I actually think it's a brilliant example because uh, I think you've nailed it. You know, international rugby is for the best players, and you yeah. know it is nice to have lads from a certain place. But for me, it's far from the be all or end all. But I, I mean, the the last dinner, the, we had Scotland their last game and. Chatting with half of them, I think I was talking to two, two Kiwis, uh, <laughs> yeah. um, and Aussies, and the English guy. Like they're uh, they're all as they're all foreign. Uh, they're all not Scottish as well, but as they're Scottish by blood. So, well, yeah, I mean, um, I've had uh, I've, in, I've had the pleasure of interviewing Byron McGuigan. He's from Namibia. I think is is Nick Grigg a Kiwi? It, yeah, it, yeah, the twelve, yeah. Yeah, uh, I mean, there's yeah. absolutely loads. There's absolutely loads of them, and quite frankly, it's New Zealand's own fault for being so so good at rugby. <laughs> yeah, when uh, they can, I got it. It's just, yeah, yeah. I guess it's a nice point. So, when you first came over to Treviso, 
Um, at, sorry, do I call it ben, uh, Benetton or Trevisa? What, 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 what is the? You know, someone someone asked me that question one ago, and I had I was I don't know the answer. I think it, I always call it Benetton, but then someone told me that. It's Trevi. I don't know. I go with Benetton. Well, um, I'm looking at my shirt, shirt now, and it says Benetton <laughs> Rugby. So we'll go. We'll go with Benetton. Uh, yeah. When you first came to Benetton, then uh, obviously you're from um, a, a country with a, you know, a rich rugby heritage. Was there quite a lot of leaning on um, on your knowledge and what you know, or did you just sort of sneak into the team, uh, kind of fairly fairly quietly, and just did did what you're told? I did what I was told. I. Uh... My all the, the the advice I listened to when I left New Zealand was just shut your mouth and get on with it. Um, as as I was going to Japan, because you you just can't see if you if you get out of line there, um, you get <laughs> you get shoved back in damn quick. Um, so so after a year of that um, coming here, I just kind of bought my time and and I mean there was lo- there's loads of phenomenal players around me and the whole coaching staff was pretty knowledgeable so i mean i didn't didn't really need a voice up anyway uh, so what do you think it is about treviso sorry benetton this um <laughs> this year which is making them so formidable because as it stands i think you're one point below ulster uh, who are per- who are a, who are a perennial power you've yeah. you've won as many as you've lost uh, and you're playing some really good stuff i think you lost to to Lom, didn't you by one point or two points Oh, don't bring it up. <laughs> oh well, well, we might have to. <laughs> no, yeah, that was that was incredible. That was one of the most heartbreaking moments of my career. Like, I bet. No, no one would, no one would ever expected it. And I think it was literally the 80th minute, um, a scrum penalty right in front, and he just banged it over um, to to win them the game. And and I've, I mean, we, the emotion, like our president. Even Luciano Benetton was at the game, who uh, who really? was Benetton rugby. Um, so he was there with our president, and and they were in the change room, and the president was in absolute tears of how proud he was of us, um, and we'd lost. <laughs> um, so just go to if, if I mean if we had won that, it would have just been we would have been talked about for years in, in the Benetton circles because it was yeah huge for us. And do you think that might be sort of the issue with? Italian rugby, which is that, yeah, yeah, like, <laughs> I know the question. <laughs> yeah, I mean that that is sort of a victory, and from, it, it isn't, is it? No, um, and that's something we're change trying to change this year um, from at Benetton and with the national team. I mean, Benetton, we're at the point where we we're not accepting. I mean, yeah, we had loads of close losses and stuff, and we used to be happy with that. But now you see real, real uh, anger in the boys' eyes coming off field mm. after a one-point loss. Yeah, um, especially the last few weeks with with uh, letting slip by Cardiff and uh, Connacht, um, which were games we, we'd hoped to put away. Um, yeah, boys, boys are just not happy with with coming close anymore, and that's one of the best changes I've seen this year. Uh, yeah. I could have asked for one change it'll be that the, the hunger to win yeah and most impressively as well is obviously Benetton are shorn sorry yeah Benetton are shorn of all, all their Italian players it, you know the actual strength in depth now is far more impressive than in previous years yeah I'll, I, I, I feel for Kieran this well next week when he has to pick a team because the, I don't see anywhere we could we can easily fit back into the team because the boys are going so good 
Um, so yeah, he's he's going to have a hell of a time trying to select the team and keeping forty boys happy next week. So uh, I was up in oh, I'll, I'll tell you where I was actually. I was in Glasgow, and we were talking about Benetton with one who uh, was it last season or was it this season? I, I don't, don't 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 even remember. But I was talking to one of the boys about travelling over over to Italy, and naively I sort of said, "Oh yeah, it's just going to be a straightforward win." And um, the the guy I was talking to looked straight at me and says, uh, "No, they've, they've actually built a re- a really solid game around the set piece uh, scrum lineout, pretty much as good as anyone." So, do you think that's kind of the basis from which you've worked on, and then kind of worked worked out from there? Yeah, I think as a, as a team, we've always had a pretty solid set piece when we needed to. But yeah, I think the consistency of our set piece has become something that's given us that reliable ball to attack from. Because, mm. um, I mean, if back in the day, if we needed a big scrum, the boys would bar up and push the other team head over heels back five metres with no problems. But it was that next scrum after they'd just done that, they thought everything was happy days and easy and we go back five metres. Yeah. Um, but I think, yeah, there's just that, that kind of instant mental... Uh, aptitude that we're always always in the game and that that means our set piece can function more and and listen we we can score tries now from from anywhere um which was something we were we could never do our tries came from either malls or charge downs back in the day but now we're uh <laughs> constructing some pretty nice tries i think I tell you what there, there's um there's a winger and i i don't often say his name because i always get get it wrong is it uh espadoza Nowhere near. No. Oh, is that it? There you go. I love that guy. I think he can really play. Yeah, he was a big loss. He just had an ACL surgery. Is that what what he did? Yeah, two months ago he had it. So he's on a slow road back to recovery, unfortunately. Yeah, well, I mean, you're right about my my pronunciation being nowhere near. Uh, well, I thought you were going to say Monty and Oni, uh, Iwani, and I always. Oh no, no, I mean, name. yeah, don't get me wrong. Mon- Monty Iwani is a, a very, a very good player, but it's the other guy whose name I'm not going to try and say again. Who uh, yeah. I, I think, I think is really good. No, yeah, Angelo, Angelo's incredible. He, he's as hard as a rock, and yeah, pretty hard to tackle. Yeah, quite. Yeah, I was going to say maybe not the fastest, but he's very, very difficult to get hold of. Yeah, it's just one of those people that. You know, are hard. <laughs> yeah. You just when you try and tackle them, it's like it's going against a brick wall. Well, well, I know the um, Toulon match must have been a, a real shame for you, but the one which stuck out for me uh, was the Scarlets game. I was convinced that you had that. Convinced. Oh, the, that was the uh, challenge. Oh, challenge. No, the no, European no. Cup. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this year. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, and we were on 14 men in that one too. Oh, yeah, because um, um, who went off? Was it was it Negri? No, it was Minto. Francesco Minto got red carded for a that, tackle, I think. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, those, I mean, we've had uh, Ulster again as well. Um, we They scored a try in the end. I think there's been three, yeah, that's the th- three games this year where we've just not not understood how you win a game. Yeah, I, 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 that's that is that's a cultural thing. I don't, I don't mean cultures in the country, as in like culture within the club. No, absolutely. Yeah, winning is a culture, and um, it's uh, yeah something we're le- learning this year, and hopefully learnt by now um, to close out a what could be a, 
a pretty important season if we can sneak above Ulster. Yeah, absolutely. Well, well, um, I mean, you probably won't believe this, but most of my listeners don't know a tremendous amount about Be- um, about Benetton. So, could you just give us a quick uh, a quick once over of who your important players are, wh- why they're important, who's up and coming? Uh, just just an, just an overview of the team. Um. I guess uh, fresh fresh off the Six Nations, you have to go with um, Sebastian Negri. Um, he's w- was at Hartbury last year. Um, oh, was he really? And, yeah, yeah, Hartbury College. So he came here just as an absolute nobody. Kieran, uh, the coach, said to him, "Listen, I don't." He, he t- told me I had to sit down with him. He's like, "I don't know really who you are. I've never seen you play. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't sign you. You were a signing of uh, the club." Um, and let's see. I think let's see how the year goes. And he's turned out to be one of the pl- form, well, one of the players of the Six Nations, and a lot of things I've seen. Um, yeah, he's just very good. Absolute dynamic ball player. Um, so yeah, it's hard to hard to speak a bad word about Seb. He's going really good as a as an up and comer, and the way he performs week in week out. Mm. Um, I guess the same we'll say about Tommy Allen. He's really matured over the last two months as to be a. One of the better teams floating around Europe, I reckon. He's he's always shown glimpses of of real quality, and and in the last few months he's stepped up and and put his hand up. Because I mean, here we've got Marty Banks as well. Yeah. Um, who, who who's and and Ian McKinley for for that matter, who's just as good. I mean, and and he's got a marvelous yeah. story as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Ian Ian's incredible his story. Losing an eye, playing for Le- I think he was playing for Leinster at the time. Yeah, I think so. And yeah, plays every game. Well, I guess I'll go in depth so the so everyone can understand who he is. But plays with goggles every week and um, and can't see out of his left eye. Uh, Which, by the way, is incredible to not have depth perception and still play at a professional standard. Yeah, and and, and not just make it. I think he he plays at a, a level where he's competitive to 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 be selected for any team going around. Like yes, yeah, Ian's incredible. It's easy to play a joke on too, as he can't see other left side. It's <laughs> always, always boys floating fingers around his left eye, and he has no idea what's going on. But that's not awesome. <laughs> um, Simone Ferrari is our tight head prop. Um, he, he's he's uh, tw- twenty four today. Actually, it's his birthday. Yeah. Um, and he's he he'll be the tight head prop for Italy for years to come. And and hopefully us. Um, he's just signed for a couple more years, but I think. Um, what was in the process of it, but uh, I think the way French clubs seem to love, clubs love their tight ends props. Yeah, um, they do. He'll be getting a, a whole bunch of cash trying it <laughs> over the next few years, I reckon. Yeah, well, um, I mean, if he's going to be demanding a big um, uh, a big salary, best someone else be paying him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we can't afford it here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, what what do you think the appetite is? And like, uh, sorry. Uh, uh, the appetite for backing, backing the club, for backing the club is, and what I mean, mean by that is, do you get a, a impression by the owners and the president that the money is there if the players are there, or is, is it very much this is the budget and we'll work within it? The latter, um, yeah, I don't know exactly, but we all we always ask as a player group uh, asking for uh, loads of things, and and the pretty standard answer coming back is the budget. There's no money in the budget for it. Uh, mm. win, a, win, a, win a few more games and we'll see. <laughs> um, 
but but we we've won when after we'd won five games on the trot we were starting to ask questions and and, and there wasn't any new things arriving on our doorstep so um yeah it's i don't know i don't know what kind of money's behind the club and and i don't i don't think the budget's going to grow any more than it is because at the end of the day i think the federation has like a 50% share in the in the uh in the club, and I don't think uh, they want to be. They don't want to throw much more money in. I don't think. As about to ask that, who actually owns Benetton? From what I understand, you, you never know the truth. Um, <laughs> from what I understand, it used to be Benetton, and and that's why we had the power to do whatever we want um, because the money was all Benetton. But when uh, uh, two or three years ago, I think something happened between the club and the federation and the federation wanted to have some some owning have some proprietorship how do you say that uh, propriety yeah go with that i i know what you mean yeah they wanted to own some of the club basically um so i don't know how it's finished up but i yeah i think they get a major say in what happens as well well that i i'm glad you mentioned that actually because of course Italy have now uh, got the services of um, Connor O'Shea. Uh, I, I assume you've had some dealings with Connor. Yeah, Connor's awesome, absolutely awesome. I have to say that because I want to be in the team. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but on the other side of that, he is really good. He's, I mean, he's super proactive. He's at the clubs um, all week. Um, he's he's suggest. Well, I mean. Not that we have a lot of face-to-face dealing with them, but he's always, you always see his car in the car park and he's having meeting with, meetings with the coaches and they're, they're clearly trying, as, as a Zebra Benetton and, and the Italian team, trying to create something in between the clubs to, to grow up to the to national team. And, the, and that's done by Connor. That's nothing of the federation. That's just something I think he's taken upon his shoulders because he's seen that that's the only way to make us make Italy rugby better. Yeah, you do get a feeling from Conor O'Shea that he's got that he has a master plan, and it involves uh, systems and changes and pathways and all those modern kind of uh, buzzwords which rugby re- rugby revolves around now. Yeah, no, he's uh, he's a bit, I think he's a one man army, but, but really, like I mean, he's just I think he's fighting each day to get get more camps for the national team when they can be, and and trying to align game. I don't know about game plans as much, but but trying to make sure some players are available for certain games and others are resting in other periods, blah, blah, blah. Mm. Um, he, he's really proactive, I can say that. I mean, when Jake Brunel, or Jack Brunel, the Italian coach before him was here, I literally never, ever met him in, in the th- two or three years he was the Italian coach. Really? Never? N- never saw him once at Benetton. That's amazing. Yeah. And I'd, I'd see Connor probably guaranteed once every two weeks, if not every week. And what have your interactions been, been, been with him so far? Because obviously you've played under him. I'm saying obviously you played under him. Does he do the coaching for the national squad, or is that is that down to somebody else? No, he's he's the big big dog. He um, he runs all the meetings, and well, well, he's the modern day head coach, right? Um, You've got your forwards coach, you've got your backs yeah. coach, you've got your, all, all these micro coaches. But yeah, he, I think at the end, his, he's got the final say over everything. And um, yeah, we, we have a lot of interaction with him. 
But, but, he, but he's a very good people manager, and I think that's something that's very important um, here in Italy to keep everyone's keep everyone happy. Yeah, well, he's also got a great track, track record. He's won the Premiership, but I think maybe more important than winning the Premiership is the way he brought through players and players at Harlequins, and you know, the, and and the systems that 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 he left behind. And I don't think they really knew how much they missed him, and, and until he went. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm not really. I don't really follow the Premiership so much. So I, I could. I, <laughs> I couldn't even told you they'd won a Premiership. Oh really? <laughs> I'm, I'm often yeah. amazed by the lack of uh, by the lack of rugby knowledge shown by professional players. That's a strange thing. I mean, yeah, they are, uh, I don't watch rugby really. Um, I mean, I watch uh, all of our games, obviously. Yeah. If I wake up on a Saturday morning and there's a Super Rugby game on, I watch it, but. I certainly don't really set an alarm clock to watch any games of rugby. So you're not uh, tuning in to watch the Super Rugby back home or or, or any such thing? No. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll happily watch a game if I wake up and it's on. But um, no, I'll never, never set an alarm and get up at 7.30 on a Saturday morning to watch a game. So the sad thing is, that's exactly what I would do. So, um, <laughs> if you, if as a professional rugby player, your hobby isn't rugby, what are you doing in your uh, free time then? Oh, I don't. Well, I guess the whole world's in love with Fortnite, the PlayStation game at the moment. Um, <laughs> I had a feeling the PlayStation might come into it. Go on. No, I'm. Uh, yeah, I'm an I'm an addict at this point. I think I'm I'm close to the point where I need to seek help because. <laughs> uh, but that, playing with all other professional rugby players, uh, not just friends, random friends back from school or whatever. Yeah. Every single guy I play with is playing professional rugby somewhere in Europe. Mate, um, you are not so. wrong. You you are not <laughs> wrong. I uh, I did an interview with tight with the tight head prop from um, from Northampton. I tell you his name, but from some of things, it, it wouldn't have made a difference. Um, <laughs> And like he, I mean, that's that's basically what what he loves doing outside um, outside of rugby. In fact, um, I think Joe uh, uh, the England hooker Luke Luke Cowan Dicky. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty certain he is top ten in the world at a certain game, but it escapes me what what that what that game is. Wow, I'm so, well, I'm not putting up any good stats like that. <laughs> yeah, well, well I mean, it's well, impressive. Yeah, it really is. I mean, I guess the worry for me is that one day these esports are actually going to take over real sports. That's if they haven't already, and we just haven't noticed it. Uh, I'm, I've, yeah, I've become certainly a bit of a nerd after getting my PlayStation and the esports whole, like the YouTube, all that world's just incredible. How much money's involved? In oh, that. it is, isn't it? Yeah, no, it's. I've I've thought a million times over to start a YouTube channel. Just, you should do it. I, it's it's really nothing to lose, absolutely. Um, and they make some of them make some incredible money. I just need. To, I don't think anyone wants to watch a battler die twenty times in a row, though. Well, you know, <laughs> oh right, yeah, for gaming. So, have you ever watched um, Brian Majority's uh, YouTube videos? I have actually. Yeah, I think one of the I think he's South brilliant. African boys in our team was in love with him for a while. For yeah, he wanted, wanted to be a bodybuilder like him. Yeah, he's amazing because he yeah. would go to training and then he goes to the gym. He, I, I can't imagine you could do that much gym work and still play at that standard, but somehow he does it. Yeah, he's phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. I, you know, I, I watched two or three videos and the one I saw, he was up at like 5am um, going to the gym before he had to start his whole day of training. That's savage, isn't it? 
yeah, it's madness. Yeah, no, it's... no, no time for that. It's yeah, it's it's probably it's probably too much. Um, right, so uh, you've been more than generous with, with your time, Dean. Um, just give me some predictions for how your season's going to go, uh, and also why don't you stick your stick your neck out, stick, stick your neck out, and tell me how much you, you're going to improve next season as well. I, I would be disappointed if we're not playing semi-finals rugby next year. So that's top six, um, and and I think that's been generous. I really. I mean, I'd hope we finish fourth this year. I think it's realistic looking at Ulster's uh, run home and ours. Mm. Um, I mean, they've got a game up their sleeve, but they've got some tough opponents. And um, no disrespect to Zebra or Dragons, who we both play at home, but those are games that we should um, should win. And Leinster on the road is going to be a tough one for us, yeah. as it always is. But, I mean, we look hopefully can get eight points out of the next three games and that means Ulster's going to have to win some of theirs. So, yeah, our goal is definitely to finish fourth um, this year or fourth in our pool. And and next year, I I think uh, we want to be playing some sort of semi-final rugby. Um, So that means top six. I think if we, if we weren't, if we didn't have that ambition, we, we, Pretty much, with no point starting next year. Well, you know what? I've got a sneaky suspicion that you might just just do it based on this season. Yeah, I, I think. Yeah, I think our results are real this year. I don't think it's one of those seasons where we've been lucky. I think come from hard work and and foundations we've put in place, culture wise and on and off the field. Um, so I, I really believe that. Yeah. That we we should be in the semis next year. Uh, now, Dean, where can we find you on social media? Where are you most uh, uh, most active? Um, uh, give, give us all your handles. Uh, uh, I don't even bother with oh, my what, my Twitter. As you know, I'm pretty slack on Twitter. Yeah, we're working uh, on a, like a six week turnaround on t- on Twitter, aren't we? <laughs> I think my Twitter's Dean Bud with three D's on the end because someone had the other Bud. <laughs> um, uh, but mostly, I use Instagram, and my Instagram's dsbud d d s b u d d, and that's where I. You'll find me mainly um, if I'm being social at all. If I'm not playing PlayStation. Fantastic. Well, mate, thank you so thank you so much for, for, for coming on. I really appreciate it, and best of luck with the rest of your season. All right, thank you very much. Uh, pleasure to be mine. Cheers, cheers, mate.